Good morning and welcome to another Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bevel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for day number 69 of our three-year journey through the Bible, one chapter at a time. We are in Matthew 17 this morning as we head back to the New Testament. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, which is truth and which is living and active and which shows Jesus to us on every page. We pray that you would speak to us and write your word on our hearts and show us how we can draw closer to Christ day by day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day, and they were greatly distressed. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? However, 
not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. That's Matthew chapter 17 in the English Standard Version. Well, we open this chapter with the Mount of Transfiguration, and it's very important to read this in context. The original Bible did not have chapter divisions. Those were not added until hundreds of years later. So chapter 17, verse 1, follows right after what we call chapter 16, verse 28. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. We have to see those two things as connected. Jesus is talking about when he's going to come again with the glory of his Father and repay everyone for what he's done. But then he tells them, some of you are going to get a a taste of that. You're going to get a vision of that. You're going to see that. You will not taste death until you see the reality of what I'm talking about. And I think this is at least a partial fulfillment of what Jesus is talking about. I think the day of Pentecost can also be seen as another. You could also even say, even though these apostles were killed for their faith, they, they, they went directly into the presence of the Lord Jesus. But I think this is a large part of what Jesus is pointing to here. And it answers part of the question that people have, and that is, why, did it, why has it taken so long? Here we are, 2,000 years removed from these events almost, and Jesus hasn't come back again. Why that? Well, Jesus has a kingdom that is glorious but hidden and working its way throughout the world to every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. But Peter, James, and John are shown this preview of glory, this glimpse of the glorious Son of Man. And with him is Moses and Elijah. Why Moses and Elijah? Because they represent the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah, as the law and the prophets come, and they come to bear witness, they come to testify to who Jesus is. Now, I think it's interesting. How did Peter, James, and John know that it was Moses and Elijah? They knew right away without anybody saying that anything because Peter says, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Is it possible that Jesus could have introduced them and said, hey, Peter, James, and John, this is Moses and this is Elijah. No, we're not told that in the text. We're, it just seems like they knew, right? They recognized them. I think this is a preview of glory. I think what we're getting here is a preview of glory, of what it will be like when Jesus comes again. Moses and Elijah, in a sense here, resurrected. You know, they're, they're called back from the dead to stand on this mountain. Now, the final resurrection is going to come when Jesus comes. But here's a preview of that day. And I think in that glorious resurrection day, we will know each other. We will recognize each other. Even if we've never met each other in, in this life, we'll know each other somehow in the glory of the resurrection, we will know. Oh, well, Peter, you know, he recognizes Moses and Elijah, but he just doesn't get it. I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He's putting Jesus on the same level as Moses and Elijah, which he might have thought, 
how great is this? Jesus is here with Moses and Elijah, all three of them together. No, 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 no. There's no three of them together. There's no three of them co-equal. Did Peter not understand his own confession of faith from the very last chapter where he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God? Maybe he didn't fully understand even what the father had revealed to him. So the father speaks even more clearly. He's still speaking about this three tabernacles nonsense, which really you don't build a tabernacle for Moses or Elijah. They are witnesses to Jesus who was already tabernacling among them. So God speaks from the cloud. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This one, Jesus, singular, not these ones, plural, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified because I think they realized now this man that they've been spending this time with, this man they've been eating with and walking the dirty streets with and sailing across back and forth on Sea of Galilee with is, is the son of God, like really the son of God. And how could they continue in the presence of such holiness but jesus rises over comes over and says rise and have no fear and they lift up their eyes and see jesus only jesus only that's what moses and elijah are really all about that's what the law and the prophets are really all about that's why we're walking with jesus through the word one chapter per day and when we're in the old testament we're looking for jesus because moses and elijah the law and the prophets are given to testify about jesus and jesus is the one we need to see by faith and trust in for salvation and jesus tells them don't tell anyone this vision until i've been raised from the dead you get a preview and a glimpse but keep it to yourself for now until after I've been glorified. Jesus doesn't want people getting the wrong idea and, you know, some sort of revolutionary movement starting out of hand. And then they have this very good question. Why, why did the five prophets say that Elijah's going to come first? The scribes say it based upon the end of Malachi. Uh, Elijah's going to come first. And, and Jesus says, yeah, yeah, Elijah does come. Elijah does restore. Eli Elijah came in the form of John the Baptist and preached a gospel of repentance and reconciliation to restore, to prepare the way for Jesus to come. He's already come and he suffered at their hands and the son of man is going to suffer at their hands. So also the son of man will certainly suffer at their hands. And they understood it was John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist wasn't literally Elijah. Elijah was on that Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. He was a different person from, uh, from John the Baptist who, um, who had already died. Uh, but he came in the spirit of Elijah. He was an Elijah. This is why in John chapter 1, when John the Baptist is asked, who are you? Are you the Christ? He says, no. Are you Elijah? He says, no. He says he's not Elijah because he's not literally the man Elijah returned from heaven to earth. He's John the Baptist, son of Zechariah and uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. He is he is a, a different man, but he comes in the spirit of Elijah. He comes as an, an, an Elijah to prepare the way as a prophet, a great prophet for Jesus. So we now have this man who comes with a son who has seizures and who suffers terribly and the disciples can't cast him out. And Jesus is able to do it. He's healed instantly. The disciples couldn't do it. Jesus does it instantly. The disciples came, why couldn't we do it? He says, you have too little faith. 
And then a much misunderstood verse. Jesus is not saying in verse 20, you can ask for a better job or a new car or a big house or worldwide fame or a million followers on on social media and and god will give it to you if you just have enough faith no this is for kingdom purposes this is a boy who needed to be set free from satan's torment brought from darkness to light jesus wants us to focus our prayers on the kingdom and the kingdom coming and the kingdom breaking through but we do need to pray bold prayers asking in faith for jesus to do in his kingdom what would bring him glory and what would advance his name in the world Immediately after that, though, because Jesus is never about just earthly glory, I think one of the reasons why he says this right after this is to sort of give him a perspective check. Son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, but he will be raised on the third day. And they're greatly distressed. But they forget all this. It's interesting. Jesus tells them three separate times about his death and resurrection in clear, simple, direct terms, and they forget about it. And they still cower in the upper room when he's killed, not knowing what to going to happen and they're as shocked as anyone by the resurrection final thing in matthew 17 is this two drachma tax it's it's a special tax that the jewish leadership levied on the jewish people because herod had built this magnificent temple and now the people were going to have to pay for it it's a very interesting commentary that you know herod had built this magnificent temple for the jewish people but of course someone's got to pay for it and so the jewish people are being charged to pay for it and and Jesus isn't entirely in support of this because using this Edomite, Idumean, Roman authorized ruler to sort of bring glory to the Sadducees and the Temple Mound, which had become a house of, of robbers, a den of robbers. You know, Jesus is not really thrilled about this whole project and about the temple tax being used. But, but he will go along. He doesn't want to give offense. And so he does miraculously provide a shekel to pay the taxes. Some people have used this passage to say we shouldn't have to pay taxes if we don't agree with what the government's doing. The Bible never says that. The Bible never says you don't have to pay taxes if you don't agree with what the government's doing. Jesus here didn't necessarily agree with this whole project and the whole glory of it that was being really taken away from God and given to man uh, and and sowing seeds of corruption in Jerusalem and all that. He didn't He didn't agree with it, but he still paid the tax because he didn't want to give offense and he was going to to, to fulfill the law in every way, which includes submitting to earthly authorities. Uh, but the real focus of Matthew 17 that I want us to see is this Mount of Transfiguration, this preview of glory, because this would stay with Peter, James, and John, and, and both Peter and John make reference to it in their letters. It deeply impacted them for the rest of their lives. Uh, and one day we'll see Jesus face to face. We'll see him shining like the sun, as white as light, and we will recognize each other on that glorious day. They got a preview, but we're going to see the real thing right with them when it comes. Isn't that wonderful? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the glory of your gospel and the glory of the coming of Jesus. Give us that hope to fill us with faith today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to jump back to Joseph's story, Lord willing, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow and the next day, we'll be back in Genesis, Genesis 45 and 46. Hope you can join us then. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.